Welcome to another edition of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the award-winning show covering fishing, hunting, conservation, destinations, and other outdoors recreation across the greater Northwest. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lur, Sportsman's Warehouse, Sina Sea Seafood, and Wallowa County Chamber of Commerce in the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program. And now, let's see what's happening this week with your host, John Cruz. Welcome to your weekend. I am glad you are here. I actually got out to do some fishing last week with my best friend, Rusty Johnson. And no, we were not at our favorite place, Potholes Reservoir, because there was a huge bass tournament going on there. The Potholes Open, about 150 bass anglers, about 150 bass boats were out there participating in the tournament and throw in the other recreational bass anglers and even a 27,000 acre reservoir gets crowded. So we went down to a place called Soda Lake, which has been fishing very well for walleye lately. And we found probably about oh, 15, 20 other boats down there and bank anglers too, all hoping to catch some of those walleye. Things started out good. Uh, within 15 minutes, Rusty had reeled in an eater-sized walleye, and I reeled in a very fat yellow perch. But after that, the bite shut off, not just for us, but for just about everybody. At first, everyone was catching some fish, and then nobody was catching fish. And after about five hours, we finally hung it up. It was a nice day. Got to see lots of wildlife. Sandhill cranes in particular were flying over. They're always a treat to see, but... In terms of fishing success, eh, not so much. But that's why it's called fishing and not catching. This week on the show, we got some great guests for you. We're going to catch up with Mike Carey. He is the man behind Northwest Fishing TV, formerly known as Northwest Fishing Reports TV, that you can see on Root Sports and a whole bunch of Fox affiliates around the greater Northwest and Rocky Mountain West. He is also the editor and publisher of The Real Life magazine, which is available online to anybody and in print at authorized license dealers in Washington State. After we talk to Mike, Bob Loomis is back for another extended Max Minute, which we really should just call like the two-and-a-half-minute drill at this point. And the topic this time will be spring kokanee. Following that, we'll check in with Brad Hole. He is the man behind Kayak Fishing Washington, avid kayak angler, loves to do this, and he's going to tell you about a tournament taking place at Brownlee Reservoir near Richland called the Crappie Shootout. This is, I believe, its eighth annual Crappie Shootout, and it's open to kayakers only, and no motors are allowed in those kayaks either, so it's either pedal-driven or paddle-driven. But looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and the proceeds are going for a good cause, and that crappie shootout will happen on May 20th. Brad will give you all the details. you want to stick around for our final guest, too. That would be Chris Hovel with Oregon State Parks. There's a whole bunch of events, a lot of fun ones, too, taking place at Oregon State Parks. Some of them are happening this weekend. Others are happening in the next few weeks. And Chris will tell you all about them and he'll also tell you about a couple temporary closures that are going to be happening at some of Oregon's popular coastal campgrounds this fall and winter. Throw in our Sportsman's Warehouse trivia question of the week, and as always, we've got another fun hour of the great outdoors focused on the Northwest coming your way. So let's get it started, like we always do, with another edition of Sportsman's Spotlight with David Sparks. Hunting turkeys in a blind, David Sparks, Sportsman's Spotlight. I haven't done a ton of turkey hunting in my time, but I have been with enough expert turkey hunters to know this. Turkeys have incredibly good vision and great hearing, which makes them extremely difficult to ambush. 
I've seen turkey hunters completely covered in camo with only their eyes showing, sitting there with their bow or their shotgun as though they are frozen, not so much as the wiggle of a finger or the rustle of a blade of grass or a twig. And they sit. And they sit. The patience of Job waiting for their opportunity. And as the infomercials all say, but wait, there's more. I got an email talking about a blind for turkeys. Now that would seem to make the whole process so much easier. Setting it up, maybe even sitting in a semi-comfortable outdoor chair. So I asked an expert hunter, Darren Silkum, about his experience with a blind, and here's what he had to say. I used it for the first time this year, and it was awesome. I tuck in right at a field edge with some grass growing that's kind of tall, and then just put it underneath of a tree limb. You do have a little bit more freedom to move if you have your windows closed off a little bit, and it just gives you a lot more opportunity at that point. And here's an opportunity for you. The right turkey blinds are easily available at retail outlets or online. At AgWest Farm Credit, it pays to be a customer. We're owned by the agriculture producers we serve, so your success is our top priority. And when our customers do well, we do too. We share profits with our customer members through cash patronage dividends. It's a unique benefit of financing with our cooperative, one you won't find with any other lender. Learn more at agwestfc.com. Grounded by tradition, inspired by possibility. Equal opportunity provider and employer equal housing lender. Taraxa F4C treatment is the only one in the game that gives you the ability to eliminate wire worms. And it also powers up your wheat with unmatched plant health benefits. So you get elite disease control, rapid effectiveness, stress reduction, and extended growth. Which means game over for wire worms and game on for plant health. Only with Taraxa F4C treatment from BASF. Always read and follow label directions. Hope you enjoyed Sportsman Spotlight. I'm David Sparks. See you next time. A sharp blade makes short work of any project you have in the outdoors, in the kitchen, or in the shop. Hone your knives and tools with quality power and manual sharpeners from WorkSharp. Find out more at WorkSharpTools.com. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. We've got my old friend Mike Carey on the line coming at us from the Treasure State of Montana. He is the co-host of Northwest Fishing TV that you can see on Root Sports and a whole bunch of Fox stations around the greater Northwest and Rocky Mountain West. And he is also the publisher and editor of the Real Life magazine, which you can find Pretty much anywhere that you can get a fishing license in Washington State. Mike, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, John. Thanks for having me. So I thought we'd catch up. It's been a little bit. What is coming up in the next few weeks on Northwest Fishing TV that folks should be excited about? Well, we have got some very uh, timely episodes coming up. Opening season, of course, in the state of Washington is coming up. And so one of our next episodes is on Watts Lake opening day from uh, last year, and so people will get a chance to see what Watts Lake is all about. And after that, the following week, Snake River Jet Boat Surgeon Fishing. That is always an amazing adventure out there on the Snake River, and the scenery is incredible, and those fish are just a, a hoot to catch. And then the last show in the month is Spring Kings on the Dolls and uh, Rufus Woods. 
Oh, sounds fabulous. And and I'm with you when it comes going on the Snake River to go after sturgeon. Were you in Hell's Canyon or the general vicinity of that area? John, and we were fishing with the Inland Northwest Council, who do a lot of great things for the fisheries and also for uh, some uh, veterans out there. Oh, fantastic. You know, I have some very fond memories of taking my family down to Hell's Canyon sturgeon fishing. My son's very first sturgeon he ever caught was a nine-foot sturgeon, bigger than any I've ever caught in my life. And my wife uh, got into a a six-and-a-half-footer, and my daughter got into a little... About a two and a half footer that, when released, proceeded to ram me right in my ankles. So maybe that memory isn't so fond, but the rest of them were pretty fond. Yeah, it's just an incredible place to go fishing. And let's talk about the latest edition of the Real Life magazine that's put out by Northwest Fishing. It's absolutely free and can be picked up at authorized licensed dealers all over Washington State. But for our listeners who are not in the state of Washington, how can they get a hold of the Real Life magazine? Yeah, it's available to uh, come straight to your email. Just go to northwestfishing.net and um, sign up for it, and uh, it'll come as a PDF um, format. Really, really cool. Looks just like the, the printed version. So, yeah, there's no reason you can't get it every month. And it's a great publication. Uh, I'm lucky enough to write for you on the Real Life magazine, but you've got a whole stable of writers that cover just about everything when it comes to fishing in the greater Northwest. So what are some of the the stories that you're excited about in this edition? Yeah, so the current April issue that's out, we've got a couple new writers. Um, Chad Bryson is out of Alaska. We met him when we fished the Alagnac River um, last summer, and he's just an awesome writer, and he's did an article for us on swinging dreamers for trout. So We'll be seeing more articles from Chad on fly fishing and trout fishing and just a great resource for that fishery. And then uh, Nia Bay Kayak Fishing by Josh Jabruler for people that want to head out to Nia Bay and those that have kayaks in particular, um, really good article from him. And finally, for opening day, Hannah Pennybaker, 10 Western Washington opening day favorites and Again, just to give you readers uh, really some good information and maybe lakes to try that they've never fished before. Sounds like all sorts of reasons to, to read the latest edition. Now, you made the move from Washington State to Montana, and you live in central Montana now. I've got to ask, have you been fishing yet this spring? Because I know that it was a, a long winter, and, and winter might not be quite gone yet where you're at. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing where I live. Just outside of Great Falls, uh, it's just a short drive down to the Missouri River. And the Missouri River is not frozen over from Halter Dam over to the town of Craig. And so wintertime anglers will fish streamers or fish nymphs with indicators. And so it's a year-round fishery on the Missouri. You can fish from shore. You can fish from a drift boat or a raft, whatever you want. And then the uh, unique thing about fishing here is that if you hike 50 uh, yards or so up from the Holter boat launch, you can be on Holter Lake, which will be frozen solid. So you could go ice fishing in the morning and fly fishing in the afternoon. So it's really kind of a unique fishery. So I have not done that yet, but definitely that's going to be on my agenda for next year. 
Well, there you go. Springtime fishing in Montana. A little bit different than a lot of other places in the Northwest. Gotta oh, love that. Absolutely. And yep. when it comes to the Missouri River, especially around Craig, I know there's some really big rainbow trout there. Do you get a lot of big German browns as well? Yes, and definitely um, springtime here is coming up where you're going to have a lot of these fish are in spawning mode and the potential to get the big browns is definitely there. Talking, you know, four to six pound browns and um, rainbows as well. So streamers is definitely the ticket for those fish. And when Holter ice comes off on Holter here in a, oh, three, four weeks or so, uh, those fish will be just really going after jigs and, again, just great opportunities for some beautiful fish. Well, I know you're in Montana now, Mike, but you lived in Washington State for a long time, and the opening day for the Lowland Lakes opener is upon us. Where would you suggest that folks go fishing? Give us a couple destinations in western Washington and eastern Washington. Boy, you know, there's so many great lakes to fish that are just going to be opening up, and my old favorites uh, for on the west side would be um, Pine Lake. You can fish from the fishing pier there, or you can launch a canoe or a raft or kayak. That's always great fishing. Um, Pottage Lake and Beaver Lake, again, those are just great lakes to go try. As far as the east side goes, there's any number of great lakes to fish. Fourth of July comes to mind, and boy, just to throw a pin at the map, and you're going to find a nice lake to fish over there in the Spokane area. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Some ideas on where to go fishing, not only in Washington State, but Montana as well. And if you want to watch a great TV show about fishing, just tune in to Northwest Fishing TV. Again, it's available on Root Sports. It's also available on various Fox affiliates and several other stations, too, including Portland's The CW and KTVB in Idaho and SWX out of Spokane, too. So tune in to Northwest Fishing TV. Check out the Real Life magazine. You can pick it up at authorized licensed dealers in Washington State for free or just get it online at northwestfishing.net. Just subscribe to it. You'll get it every other month. It's northwestfishing.net is the website to go to. Mike, always great catching up with you on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Hey, thanks again, John. And uh, just a quick reminder to the listeners, with opening lakes on the Lowland Lakes, Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife Trout Derby starts. So check out their website for details on the Trout Derby. And if you catch a tagged trout, there's a lot of great prizes available to anglers. So don't toss those tagged trout back. That is absolutely right. We had Steve Caramile on last week on the show. And again, folks, for that trout derby in Washington State, there's 110 lakes that have trout with blue tags on them. And if you catch one, just Google WDFW Trout Derby. You'll find the website in a hurry. You'll find the way to go ahead and claim your prize. It could be anywhere from a $25 gift card all the way up to a canoe, believe it or not, donated by Filson, the people that make that great clothing in Seattle. All right, Mike. Thanks again, sir. Thank you.
Enjoy a meal of wild Alaskan seafood delivered right to your door. Sina Sea offers premium quality wild Alaskan fish and shellfish to include Copper River King and Silver Salmon, Halibut, Black Cod, King Crab, and of course, Copper River Sockeye Salmon. Order it blast frozen or smoked and experience a slice of Alaska for a special meal you won't forget. Buy your seafood now at SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program, and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure 9 inches or longer. The fish are worth 6 8 or $10, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio and to an extended Max Minute, brought to you by Max Lure. It's time for another two-minute drill from Max Lure, and it is officially springtime, which means it's also time to go catch some kokanee. With us again is Bob Loomis. Bob, welcome back. Thanks, John. So, let's play a game here. Favorite kokanee lakes. We'll start off in Washington State. What's your favorite one? Oof, that's really tough. I mean, that's really tough. Because there's a, a lot of good ones. Well, you, you've got about 10 seconds to pick okay, one. Okay, Chelan. All right. Oregon. Wallawa. Good good call on that one. I agree with you on that one. Idaho. Anderson Ranch. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dvorak. No, Anderson Ranch. Anderson Ranch is, is a good reservoir. There's some nice fish in there. But you know what? There's a couple really good ones. Payette is really putting out some nice fish right now. Well, I'll save you the trouble on Wyoming, because I know it's Flaming Gorge. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about Montana? You don't really hear a lot about kokanee in Montana. You know, there's a number of lakes up there, and honestly, I've never fished anything in Montana. You know, you've got those chain lakes up there by Kalispell. Right. You know, all of those have kokanee in them. And there's a number of areas over there that the kokanee, they're decent. They're not big, but I mean, they're, they're decent size. You're 13, you know, 13 inch. Oh, I'll take 13 inch kokanee all day. Sure. So here's the next question. At any of these lakes, what's the presentation you're going to use in the springtime? My number one go-to is to start out with a cha-cha 1.5 inch kokanee squitter in hot orange and then a small 4.4 inch double D dodger. And how much leader in between the two? Early in the season, I'll run about, oh, probably right at 12 inches on the leader. And as things warm up and I get later in the season, it will shorten to 8 inches. That's so interesting because we were just talking about the spring Chinook. And with a paddle flasher, you're doing like 36 to 42 inches. And here for the kokanee, we're doing... 12 inches and less. Well, remember, with a 4-inch dodger, you're trying to get the dodger movement, not only the attraction with UV rays, etc., but you're also trying to get that movement from the dodger and impart that on your lure in order to help trigger fish to bite. So much more we could talk about, but so little time because our two-minute drill is about to turn into three. So look for the Double D Dodger and the Cha-Cha Squitter online at maxlure.com or at quality sporting goods stores near you. 
Looking for that extra something that will get more salmon or trout into your boat? Then check out the Double D Dodger from Max Lure. The Double D does double duty and helps you catch more fish. The Double D's flash attracts lunkers and the Dodger's patented stop-start action works wonders to get those fish biting. The Double D does even more by acting as a side planer to get your bait away from the boat where the fish are more likely to be and more apt to strike. The Double D Dodger, it's the Dodger you've got to have from Max Lure. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter, full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season. Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots, and more. Find a location near you or shop online today at sportsmans.com. I'm going to take you fishing, honey. You're going to love it. Going to get up before the sun. Rise above us. Got a bamboo pole and a leaky boat. Next up on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we are reaching out to Brad Hole. He is the man that knows just about everything about kayak fishing in Washington State. Matter of fact, he's even got a website that you can check out. You'll find it at kayakfishingwashington.com. And we're going to talk a little bit about crappie fishing today. Brad, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. So the crappie fishing we're going to talk about is actually not taking place in Washington, but instead in northern Oregon, Brownlee Reservoir. That's a reservoir on the Snake River near Richland. May 20th, there is a crappie shootout going on there. Tell our listeners more about it. Yeah, it's our eighth annual. It's called the Brownlee Crappie Shootout, and it's a kayak-only multi-species tournament. So it's not just crappie, being that Brownlee is considered the crappie capital of the Northwest a lot of people go there to fish crappies, but it's a really fun event. It's, like I said, multi-species. You can catch up to seven different species of fish that are going to be checked in for uh, the shootout. And how we do things on a kayak is a little different than, say, a bass tournament where you have a live well. We measure everything instead of weighing it. So we have what's called a, a hog trough measuring board that you put the fish on, take a photo with your phone so it's visible, and those get checked in by the judges at the end of the tournament. And the idea is to catch as many species as you can, each species having different points associated with them. For the crappie, you actually get double the points, which is kind of nice, so it's kind of the kicker to try to get the biggest crappies. But a lot of fun, lots of great prizes. I will say if you are interested, it's getting close to being sold out. We have over 60 people signed up already. And I think they're going to cap it pretty soon. So I'll give you some info on how to sign up for that. Well, why don't you give us that info now? Yeah, I guess we're here. Uh, yeah, so northwestkayakanglers.com, and that's all written out. You can find it on there, as well as if you did a search on Facebook under the Brownlee Crappie Shootout. You'll see information on there on how to get in touch. If you can't find it, you can reach out to me on Kayak Fishing Washington, any one of my social media channels, too. I can get you the info. All right. And understand the entry fee is only $40, which is not bad at all when it comes to a fishing tournament. And the proceeds are going to a special cause. Yeah, it, it's great. It's, it's been the same cause throughout the event. It's called CASA, which is Court Appointed Special Advocates with, of Eastern Oregon. And what it is, is, is it's for um, kids going through the court system that are entering foster care. It, it helps them out. So all the proceeds, all that $40 gets donated directly to them. All the prizes of the event come from 
sponsors. And I think we've got, I checked today, we've got over 40 plus sponsors. So, so you have a good chance of winning, even if just for showing up at the event. <laughs> Absolutely love that. And uh, yeah, yeah, congrats as well to the sponsors who are supporting this event. Let's talk a little yeah. bit about the, the crappie fishery at Brownlee Reservoir. Why is it so good there? You know, it's one of those things, it, crappie there, they, it, it kind of ebbs and flows with regards to size. You know, some years it's, uh, like last year was, was phenomenal as far as, you know, we caught, I think the, the largest fish was 15 or 16 inches. It has both black and white crappie. They're a schooling fish, so they can be really anywhere. You, you find them up against the bank or, the, you know, I've even marked them on my side scan on my, on my fish finder coming into school during when the temperature was, was changing. The Brownlee Reservoir is regulated by a dam, so the water level is gradually coming up starting now, and I think it's Memorial Day is when it's at full pool. So the fishing can change even with that. So that's it kind of makes it anybody's game for, you know, winning this. You could have a stellar day one day and fish like crap the next. But that's what makes it exciting. <laughs> now, I know when it comes to crappie fishing, I'm a big fan of using, you know, small jigs, like one sixteenth of an ounce jigs. And, and white's always been a go-to color for me. What do you like to use down there at Brownlee Reservoir to catch crappie? You know, we use a variety of things. I, I love a really lightweight tube jig, just a tiny tube jig, you know, like 16th or 32nd, something that's going to give a natural fall. Right. But, you know, if I'm fishing deeper water, I really like, there's some jigging spoons that I even use over on this side of the mountains, too, when those fish are deeper. There's ones by Bink Spoons, which are made in the Midwest. The other one I like is by Euro Tackle. It's a lipless crankbait that has a little rattle in there yeah. and two treble hooks. So what I a lot of the fishing I do here and over there is I'll vertical fish for the, you know, I'll find fish and I'll drop down on them. As you know, crappie feeds going up. They're a low-light feeder. So you have to present that bait or jig above them and to get them to rise, rise up. And when they want to eat, they want to eat. So that's what kind of makes it, it fun. You cast out and they fall at the bottom. You know what it's interesting? You mentioned vertical jigging with spoons, something I'm getting into with walleye lately. And yeah. I always associate it as a cold water technique. It never occurred to me to use it in the spring or even late spring as a crappie technique. So thanks for putting oh, that in the toolbox. Yeah, that's, I mean, and Max Lure, they make some great, the sonic bait fish, oh, which yes. is, is deadly for not only crappie, but we use them even in down in Oregon and in Washington fishing for Mackinac Lake Trout, you know, some of their heavier ones. You can drop them down really quick, that flutter action they love, and it's something I, I use regularly. You know, it's funny you mentioned the sonic bait fish because that's literally what I just caught some walleye on last month, vertically jigging. And it is probably my favorite lure to use when it comes to shallow water rockfish. It just is money mm -hmm. if you got the one ounce sonic yeah. bait fish. So absolutely right about that. So yep. I guess the last question I have, you know, Richland, Oregon, a lot of folks are probably not very familiar with that place. Kind of limited accommodations. Where can folks stay if they're going to get involved with the crappie shootout? So there's a couple places. There is camping there, so you can certainly pitch a tent, RVs. There's a couple RV places. In town, there's a place called the Hitchin Post, which also owns the convenience store. You're right. It's a pretty small town. There's not a lot of accommodations. So I would say the Hitchin Post, if you wanted a motel, uh, you might have luck finding an Airbnb. I, I looked a while ago. Or, you know, the, the closest town is you know probably about 45 minutes away. So get on it if you want to 
check out the tournament and you'll get a chance to win. I forgot to mention the the winner of the event wins a four hundred dollar Montana Silversmith belt buckle Ooh. with your name on it and two crappie on it. <laughs> so I won it a couple years ago and nobody's ever won it twice. So. <laughs> So you're going to try. I love it. And, and I, I'm trying for it, yeah. <laughs> talk about the ultimate bragging rights wearing that belt buckle around. <laughs> oh, it's, it's hilarious, yeah. And they're big buckles, too. So. All right. Well, it is the crappie shootout at Brownlee Reservoir. Just Google that or get a hold of Brad at kayakfishingwashington.com for more details. And, uh, again, you can also go to northwestkayakanglers.com for details and register soon because this is going to fill up very fast. And you don't want to miss out on this. No motors allowed for your kayaks. This is all pedal-driven or paddle-driven. And it looks like it's going to be all sorts of fun on May 20th. Brad, thanks for sharing this with us today on Northwestern Outdoors. Thanks for having me, John. Take care. Next, let me tell you a little bit about the family that runs Cena Sea Seafood. That would be Rich and Cena Wheeler. They live in north-central Washington. They've got a couple of great kids, and they come from a long line of fishermen. Rich himself has been fishing since the 1990s, and Cena, actually, not only her father, but her grandfather and great-grandfather have all been commercial fishermen, starting off in Norway, then to Ballard, and now up in Alaska, that's where Rich and Cena operate. And that's where they came up with their company that catches wild Alaskan seafood. We're talking salmon, we're talking halibut, we're talking sablefish, and more. And they package it in meal-sized portions, deliver it right to your door, so you know you're getting the best quality seafood that's around. So if you have a hankering for some delicious seafood, just go to SinaSea.com. That's the website, S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com, and use the promo code OUTDOORSRADIO to save 10% off your entire order. Got a bamboo pole and a leaky boat. It ain't much, but if you pay a little float, I'm gonna take you fishing, honey. You're gonna love it. Come to Oregon's Wallowa County for outdoors adventure. Hike, ride, paddle, fish, or sightsee to your heart's content. And then visit one of our wonderful towns, whether it be Joseph with its beautiful bronze statues, our county seat in Enterprise, or one of our charming small towns like Wallowa, Imnaha, or Troy, where you can eat, shop, and sleep before continuing your adventure the next day. Plan your visit now at WallowaCountyChamber.com. That's WallowaCountyChamber.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter, full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season. Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots, and more. You'll find it all at Sportsman's Warehouse. Find a location near you or shop online today at sportsmans.com. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got Chris Havel on the line. He's with Oregon State Parks, and they have got a whole bunch of events that are coming up, some of them happening today if you're a Saturday listener. Chris, it's great to have you back on the show. Hi. Happy spring. Happy spring indeed. And you can celebrate it today if you're a Saturday listener at Prineville State Park where the Dark Sky Extravaganza is going on. What is this all about? 
So we have had a tradition at Prineville for several years now inviting astronomers out, and it's just turned into this marvelous dark sky experience. You can get a dark sky experience at several state parks, but Prineville is like the designated it's dark there, and that's Dark Sky Week internationally, uh, and we're going to pitch in and celebrate uh, along with our dark sky friends. So it's an all-day thing, oddly enough. The first star viewing is at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to give you a second to process that in your head, that stargazing in the afternoon. There is one star visible at 2 p.m., and they're going to have a solar telescope set up to see it. And then all day long, there's activities and talks leading up to the primetime show there from 8 to 11.30. But it's just going to be a marvelous way to celebrate the Earth by looking up, I guess. All right. So for all of you tuning in today on KBND Out of Bend, you got something to do up at Primeville State Park. Heading over to the coast at Nehalem Bay State Park, Saturday listeners have something to do, too. It's the Earth Day Wonder Walk. What's this? So at Nehalem Bay State Park there in North Tillamook County, you can show up, no registration required. Bring a sketchbook, and there'll be a ranger walk from 11 to 2. Um, we're going to be walking along the bike path there with great views of the bay and the uh, dunes there at Nehalem Bay. So a little more of a low-key experience compared with the extravaganza at Prineville. But there'll be just some fun activities along the way, and like I say, people bring journals or uh, to do some sketching because you're going to have that kind of experience. But the ranger will be showing you around there. Oh, that sounds super fun. Now, yep. moving ahead uh, a couple of weeks to Mother's Day, there's a birding and wildflower festival on both the 13th and the 14th at Silver Falls State Park. This sounds like a, a great opportunity to get your mom out to a nice place. Yeah, and this is the big event for Silver Falls so it, uh, it's also World Migratory Bird Day, so there'll be bird walks. Everything else besides the bird walks is going to be at the main South Falls Lodge right there near the big waterfall, and it'll be both days from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. The bird hike will be early in the morning. That is generally the best time, so that's at 7.30. For those of you who like to get up and say, that bird has a worm, and so do I, <laughs> uh, there'll be a guided bird walk, and then throughout the day, wildflower hikes and a wildflower show and we'll have live birds of prey there so it's just a, a once again a wonderful way to come and enjoy the park especially if you've just been to the park just to see waterfalls or maybe do a little light hiking this really opens your eyes to some of the other things that the park has to offer now, that event is also free we do have a five dollar daily uh, parking permit that's required at some of our parks including silver falls so that would be your only cost besides getting up to the park you know i love silver falls state park though i have to admit mm. i have a very unpleasant memory associated oh. with the park. Oh no. It's the very first time I got stung by a bee. My dad ah. <laughs> my dad worked for uh, the Oregon Department of Fisheries back in the yeah. day and hmm. and they had a big picnic slash meeting there at the park. And I remember going there and getting stung by a bee when I was like seven years old and that was my oh. first memory of Silver Falls State Park. I'm sorry. It's a good reminder that all wildlife are beautiful, but sometimes they do sting a little bit. So just come prepared. <laughs> all right. But wait, there's more when it comes to events. You've got weekly guided nature walks on Saturdays at 10 a.m. at Tryon Creek State Park. Our Portland listeners will probably be very interested in this. Yeah. So uh, at Tryon, a ranger will lead you on a walk. 
uh, 10 a.m. on most Saturdays. Coming up um, looks, uh, April 22nd here today, woodpeckers at Tryon Creek. And then after that, there'll be a plant walk on the 29th, a tree walk on the 6th, doing some amphibians on May 13th, uh, May 20th, story of stumps, May 27th, busy beavers. There's always something happening at Tryon. And I know for people who just love state parks generally, you think you have to travel um, to get to one. Tryon is right there in your backyard if you live in the Portland metro area. Uh, look us up and give us a try. You know, something we didn't talk about before we went on the air, but speaking of parks where there's always something going on, Fort Stevens State Park always seems to have guided walks and other events going on there. Yeah, and there are uh, birding walks that happen at Fort Stevens uh, as well as other events. And this is that time of year when events are probably going to get added by our park staff almost every week, like as they start planning out the late spring and summer. So make sure you hit our website at stateparks.oregon.gov, and there's a, a things to do menu up at the top. We'll open our event calendar, and just if you're looking for things to do, check us out every day, and you should hopefully see something new there. And I love the coastal state parks that you have. I think Fort Stevens might be my favorite. you got, you know, mm. the, the history associated there with being the, the only place that was ever shelled by the Japanese Navy in World right. War II. you got the Peter Iredale, which I visited as a kid before I was stung by the bee, by the way. Ah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I got to take my kids there, you know, as, as an adult. And, and I actually just recommended that trip to somebody just the other day. It's like, hey, you're going to be down at story yeah. you got to go to fort stevens state park and see the peter iredale but you've actually got some closures coming up at a couple of your campgrounds this fall and winter don't you we do uh, we've got the uh, two post campground parks uh, where the campgrounds are going to be closed beverly beach down near newport starting in september going through may major upgrades going on there to the power and water systems that's part of a series of park investments that were funded by the Oregon Legislature in 2021, where they authorized some bonds, some borrowing by the state to fund major improvements. So uh, that park will be the campground, and the rest of that park, Beverly Beach, will be closed September through May. There are 10 other projects around the state. They don't all always close a park, uh, but if you go to our website, there's a list of those projects, and you can sort of follow along as the investments happen. Uh, Beverly Beach, long overdue for an upgrade. The other one is Bullard's Beach down near Bandon. Uh, that's a smaller project, not quite as expansive, but it, we do have a sewer system down there that needs to be replaced. So the main campground at Bullard's will be closed from October through March. And uh, there are day-use facilities there at Bullard's, uh, trails and beach access and the lighthouse. Those will all be open uh, while the campground is closed. And even the horse camp down there at Bullard's will be open during the main campground closure. It's just the RV campground and the yurt and stuff that'll be closed from October through March. Well, that's definitely another one of my, my favorite state parks is Bullard's. Oh, sure. I, yeah. I love hiking down to the lighthouse, and, and it was just a great place to stay, and Bandon's always a good place to go, especially if you like cheese. But that's another tale. So, at any rate, anything else that folks should know about happening this spring at Oregon State Parks? Maybe those Fort Rock Cave tours? Yes, you know, I was going to bring that up. That's one of my favorite places in the state park system, even though I'm contractually obligated not to take sides. I'm not allowed to say that Fort Rock is one of my top three parks for a state park experience. Uh, but nearby, there is the historic Fort Rock Cave. It's not right in the park. I'm not going to tell you exactly where it is. But you can sign up for a tour, and you do need to sign up um, for that tour. And the cost is $20 per person. But the Fort Rock Cave is the site of some very important 
history and prehistory in the state of Oregon. Before it was the state of Oregon, uh, there were many people uh, living on the land, and some of them left behind evidence of their life, including sandals, sagebrush sandals, that were, at the time, they were fine, the oldest footwear uh, recovered in the world, and you can take a tour of that site. The footwear is no longer there, um, but the site itself and the archaeological importance of the site, you get that uh, from this tour. So those tours are usually Saturdays. There might be a Friday uh, thrown in there. They're scheduled now through June. Register online and grab your spot. There were some spots left in June. There were only one or two spots left between now and then. But if you love caves and you love archaeology, this is the tour for you. We don't make you wear a blindfold to get to the cave. The location's not disclosed. <laughs> But you can close your eyes if you want, just so you can sort of get the magical experience of arriving, getting out of the van, and opening your eyes for the first time there. Pretty special. There you go. All sorts of things to do this spring and summer at Oregon State Parks. Go to OregonStateParks.org to find out more. Again, the website, OregonStateParks.org, and enjoy some wonderful adventures and tours and events in the Beaver State. Chris, always a pleasure to have you on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Excellent. We'll see you out there and, uh, you know, bring your EpiPen uh, in case you're afraid of bees, you know. <laughs> Good advice. Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure 9 inches or longer. The fish are worth 6 8 or $10, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Did you know we actually have a sponsorship opportunity available for this show? That's right. You can be a sponsor of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, reaching thousands of listeners every week, tuning in to 69 stations in seven states. If you have a business that caters to outdoors enthusiasts, this is the platform for you, and you're going to find it's much more affordable than you think. Contact me through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com, and let's get a conversation started. That's northwesternoutdoors.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter with the gear you need for fishing, hunting, camping, paddling, cooking, and just about anything else you can do in the woods or in the water. With over 125 stores across America, there is bound to be a Sportsman's Warehouse near you with not only the gear you need, but also the experts to help you get the most out of the product you purchase. Head down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. That's sportsmans.com. Before we go today, we've got time for one last shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with your host, John Cruz. I'm glad you're back. This week does mark the kickoff of the Lowland Lakes opener for trout in Washington State. The Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife and Idaho Department of Fish and Game have also been very busy in the last several weeks stocking trout in family-friendly waters all over the gem and beaver state and wyoming and montana well the fishing's going to get pretty good there pretty soon as well 
And if you need some fishing tackle in any of those states for trout, just head on down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse store. They've got everything you need, from rods and reels to line and tippet, to lures and flies, and yes, even power bait and night crawlers too. And on the off chance there's not a Sportsman's Warehouse store near you, you can always shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. And now it's time for your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. And this time it comes to us from our good friend Bill London, the Programming Director at KPNW AM 1120 out of Eugene, Oregon. It being spring, you've probably heard the sound of croaking frogs. And believe it or not, the frog was the first land animal to develop vocal cords. Here's your question. Male frogs in particular can really be heard from a distance. And that's your trivia question of the week. How far away can you hear a male frog when it's croaking? Is it a hundred yards of football field? Is it a quarter mile or is it a mile away? Might have to look up this one or you could just find a frog and just walk a ways and see how far away you can hear it. Either way, if you want to venture a guess, you know what to do. Just go to our website at northwesternoutdoors.com. Shoot us an email through our contact us page and give us your answer there. Or if you prefer, you can go to our Facebook page at Northwestern Outdoors Radio. And the question again is how far away can you hear a male frog croak? Is it a football field? In other words, 100 yards? Is it a quarter mile or is it up to a mile away? One lucky person who guesses right will win that $25 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse, which will come in pretty handy for some fishing gear this spring. And on that note, it's time to go. So until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors. Outdoors.